So first of all, for those who didn't know you yet, can you like give us some, uh, can you like introduce yourself for the audience? Yes, uh, my name is Danielle Lafada and I am a sport performance dietitian. I am a registered dietitian as well as a CSSD, a board certified specialist in sports dietetics. I've been in the field for 15 years. And I have worked with Major League Baseball, the NFL, uh, the men's, the U.S. men's national soccer team. I've been in the NHL as well as worked with military and some other small um, ML, not small, but um, other um, MLS and international um, soccer football clubs. Cool. So gotta ask, which sport is like your favorite yeah, uh, everybody asks me that. I really don't, and I don't have a favorite. I just, I really just like sports. I, I like athletics. I, <clears throat> I'm just very impressed with the human body and the things that they can do. And then certain skills that certain people or athletes have over others and how that translate into their, their craft. So yes, I've really never been, obviously I've worked in baseball, football, hockey, soccer, and now I'm in basketball. So I just, uh, it really comes down to working with the performance team and, and being able to hone in on our own craft and the science and figure out ways how to get an athlete to implement it and, and take it as their own. Nice. Nice. So, uh, because I'm based in Taiwan and no matter if it's like in high school team or like pro setting, we didn't really have like the role of like dietitians. So can you like, uh, give us some like, of like, like example, like what is the role of like your, what is your role in the team sport and how is the day-to-day -day life sure I, the role is so it's just understanding i so back up a little bit i went into nutrition because i had changed some eating habits and i realized how much better i felt i was sleeping better i had more energy through my workouts and a whole new world had opened up to me and i was like this is really really neat and I really got into the science, right? I really got into biochemistry and the metabolism and the pathways and the micronutrients and amino acids that help to drive our, our body's systems. And <clears throat> I was like, gosh, this is really, really neat. And I really loved exercise, fizz and science. So to take that, taking that into understanding for those that don't have, you know, a specific dietitian or nutritionist on staff, it's you know, really, I don't know, I really kind of see what what my athletes or my players are doing. What, what, where can I control what I can control? Uh, you know, looking at asking them the, even the basic questions that I've been repeating myself for over 15 years. What did you have when you woke up this morning? You know, did you have a smoothie or, you know, did you eat breakfast? Did you have at least some water or did you just come in on coffee? And sometimes some of my athletes, they'll come in without anything on their, in their system and they get, they go into cramps or stomach aches or nausea. So it's just, but then some of them, they can run on that empty take and it's okay. So really meeting everybody in the middle, uh, talking to them about hydration, uh, kind of paying attention to 
are they a heavy sweater? Are they a light sweater? Are you, are they drinking any water? Are they drinking a, a sports drink like Gatorade? Do they want to use electrolytes? So then with that, you know, we have at our prat right now, currently we have food at our practice facility. So if someone is starting to feel lightheaded or going into a cramping mode, I'm able to grab a smoothie or some food right away to get them something to eat. I also go through labs because in my, as a registered dietitian, I've been trained in looking at labs clinically. So of course I don't, I can't treat I can't diagnose, but I can look at them from a nutrition standpoint. And and I'm really big in looking at a trend as an athlete gets older and more conditioned or more experienced in their in their skill and their craft. You know, are things changing? What what's happening and going on? So yeah, I would say it's just talking to uh, I try to talk to a certain amount depending on what type of team I'm on, because it's just me. So 15 players is very manageable, right? But then baseball was, you know, you have the 25-man roster and then you have the 40-man roster. And then soccer was anywhere from 23 to 30, depending on whether or not you were in training camp. So 15 is pretty manageable, but at any setting that I was ever in, I always said, okay, I'm going to try to try to talk to X percent of players every day. How are you doing? And sometimes I don't even talk to them about nutrition. I just talk to them about life and their dogs and their families and how they're feeling, feeling with uh, their sport or whatnot. It's not always about nutrition. So yes, always trying to talk to a couple athletes every day. And then within that, knowing where their weaknesses are or where we've talked about things, kind of that's where then I position to help with that habit that we've talked about. Uh, and then just being um, observational and the ones that are, and spending time with the ones that are receptive because it is, nutrition is personal. And if we don't start people young thinking about how important it is, as they grow older, they've learned to cope and compensate for what they're doing. And they've learned how to do things in their own way. And sometimes it's right. And sometimes it could be a little bit better. But at the end of the day, we as practitioners have to come in and meet them in the middle. So really understand where can we help them and, and make those little small steps to make them better. So that's pretty much my day, you know, asking about, in summary, asking about you know, how they're doing, what's going on, what have they eaten, how are they doing with some of the goals that we've set, if there's anything coming up with weight, you know, uh, extensive amount of weight loss or weight gain, what's been going on, I go through labs and analyze labs and then decide that's another more power to say, hey, you need to eat more of this, cut back on this, maybe take this multivitamin, uh, I work on hydration. Are they drinking enough? Are they taking an electrolyte? Are they taking too many electrolytes? So that's kind of how the day the day goes. And then meetings here and there with my support staff, right? Our strength coach, our athletic trainers, our physical therapists. Cool. Great. Great. So uh, in like, no matter as like football or like uh, basketball, there's like so many high intensity games or like high intensity training. So how can like, nutrition help athlete recover from those like high intensity training or games Mm -hmm. and when they do and i have to say this when they do recover they will notice it they'll say i feel better uh so yeah those high intensity that's where i'm really big on a a post-workout drink a shake a little bit of protein and some carbohydrate depending on the intensity and the duration right so that's where the carbs come in um and then did they eat anything prior to the game. So then I might 
load them up higher in carbohydrate for that post-workout recovery because they were they were lacking calories leading up to the competition. So I'm really big in that post-workout shake. So whether it's, uh, you know, here in the States, we're big milk people. So for those that don't have any allergies or issues, I do recommend chocolate milk. That's really nice and easy. Now there are all these the little cartons, right? The ready to drink here in the States, we have Orgain and Garden of Life, these ready to drink shakes, Gatorade. Those are easy. They're portable. They're there. They can withstand heat and whatnot. Um, and then if you do have the option, love blending, because then you can blend in for the carbohydrates instead of having just like a, a carb made out of a bread or a potato starch or whatnot, you can get in fresh carbs, like some good and get in the antioxidants and some fiber and some of those things. So yes, I'm, and then I always recommend everybody to do that. It's what we've been recommending for years that there's nothing fancy or sexy about it anymore, you know, within 30, 45 minutes, get that drink in, uh, that starts the recovery process. I know there's a debate on, you know, that, you know, signaling, um, you know, working with the hormones, signaling protein synthesis. I think at the end of the day, it's more, you're getting the, you're getting calories in because a lot of my athletes, they learn, they train themselves to eat, not eat a lot and they eat light, which blows my mind because when I was a high school and collegiate athlete, I was, all I could do was think about food and I couldn't wait till my next meal. And these guys like are, they forget to eat. They eat twice a day. And I'm thinking, this is wild. This is really crazy to me. I'm half your size, a quarter of your size. And food is just not, you know, a thing for you. So it's just, it's funny. I have to wrap my head around that. So I'm still really big into that, getting something in with those 30 minutes for a multiple of reasons, not just those things. Also electrolytes. Yeah, we have sweaty, um, heavy sweaters on the team. So that's also a good way, right? The protein and the carbohydrate carry the sodium and the potassium into the, into the cells. And then I recommend that they try to have a good solid meal with an hour to an hour and a half after their competition. And I do want to bring that up because I just had a, 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 conversation with a player. And I have this with a lot of players and they always say, Oh, I feel bad eating late at night. And I'm thinking I should feel bad eating late at night. You just got done, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes of a high intensity activity. Plus you've lifted, plus you've done warm up twice with your individual coach as a team. Like you've been active for the last five hours in some capacity, like, and you got to get ready for practice at 10, 11 o'clock the next day. Like, we're not as active as you are. So you, and you got to think you're, they're awake for such a long period of time, right? They, some of them wake up at eight, nine, 10. And then sure on a game day, they're not going to bed till 12, one, two. Well, you spread out, you got to take those calories that you need and spread them throughout the day. And if you're doing that, especially for an athlete, it's going to be more beneficial than it is harmful. Nice. Nice. So, uh, kind of want to ask is like, uh, when it comes to like team sport, is the game day meal plan gonna di- be different with like th- those like non game no have like non game days? It's a little bit. It's a little bit different, right? Because you think I start, you know, backwards. So for instance, right now we've got a seven seven o'clock tip off, and you know, then we're talking about okay, what are we having? 
for a snack or something to drink one to two hours prior. And then what are we having three to four? Some guys, it's maybe five hours prior and then kind of back up from there. And then it's like, all right, well, then when are you waking up? So so wherever we can within there, right, always trying to get something. Ideally, we're getting two or three meals in before maybe even four, depending on what time they can wake up in the morning, right? So if we have a back-to-back and we fly in late and we don't land until 12, we don't get to the hotel until one, you know, you don't really fall asleep. So, and then you got to wake up the next day and play a game. They might not wake up until 11, 10 or 11. So we got to feed them then and try to get a meal in prior to that. Uh, So it's a lot of coaching and a lot of, hey, yes, have a big meal, but have Make sure your meal is only so big so that you're not overstuffed to where you're not going to eat at three, four, five. And now at six o'clock, you're starving, but you can't eat anything really big because you don't want to be heavy going in. So it's a lot of work around. Uh, and some definitely some um, some athletes are way better at it, like like to be on that type of schedule. And some just like to go with the flow. So at the end of the day, I meet you halfway and I'm, I try to help out wherever, wherever I can, as long as I can get enough fuel in you and make you feel your best. So at that game. For for like basketball basketball team, is there like one dietitian every team or is it gonna be more? Uh yeah. So right now, I think out of all the teams, East and West Conference, every team has a registered dietitian. Two two of them don't. So yeah, so out of what, 26, 28 teams, there are only two teams don't have a registered dietitian. Uh, I uh, recently um, got an assistant, but she's also going to help me with the women's team, the Mercury. So she's going to be the lead for the Mercury and I'll more so oversee and help with protocols and anything more difficult that comes up with the women. Cool. So that lead up to uh, the next question is like, uh, how exactly do men, like men's athlete and the women's athlete, going to be different when it comes to like nutrition? Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, you know, it's similar but different. And I and I have to say, I am I'm even still learning. Right? I never realized until like the last couple years how much I've been inundated and ingrained in just male physiology and whatnot when it comes to athletes. I've never worked with many female athletes. I had I worked at. Uh, uh, Exos, formerly Athletes Performance, for eight years. And during that time, shoot, I think I had 10 at most female athletes come through. So I'm still kind of learning. And there are there are some techniques and whatnot, and I can't speak to them right now, but I'm learning and trying to implement them with the females around our menstrual cycles and how we could work with that to make us stronger, more um uh, have that better stamina and be more uh, viable during that period versus drained. Uh, so it's still, I mean, their their calories definitely are a lot less than um, our male counterparts, but they still need to eat throughout the day. They still need to make sure that their protein is on board and them more so than the men. And it's just... They and also too going into uh, how you look at food, right? As fuel versus this body composition type of sport, and getting it getting away from food and all of that when it deals with weight and body comp. That hey, this is to provide the raw materials so that you can, if you do get injured, you rupture that Achilles, you sprain that ankle. We can get you on track 
where you need to be, uh, right when you need to be. I don't want to say sooner, but that we're not going to, the recovery process isn't going to be lengthened. Cool. So, uh, when it comes to like, uh, injury, is there going to be like different, um, types of like food or different types of like, uh, elements that you're going to put in with different injuries, like, uh, fat fractured bone or like muscle, they pull their muscle, like just tear their tendon. Sure. Like a soft tissue injury versus a tendon injury or a ligament. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I look at supplements and foods, right? So collagen, which could be really good for everything. Um, so making sure their collagen, do they need glucosamine chondroitin if it is more of a joint issue? Uh, and then overall inflammation, what can we do to take it down? How can I work with them or their chefs or my own chef to say, hey, we need some more what fruits and vegetables do they like? Can we get more in? Can we throw them in a smoothie? What are they not eating enough of? Is there a way we can get that in their diet in order to help with these things? Um, what did their labs come back and say? Did we do a micronutrient test on them? Do I have a genetics report on them that shows that they would be better with a, one nutrient or a food over another? So that I'm learning more about nutrigenomics and how that could play a role. And then, yes, that makes a... Uh, that helps me to guide my recommendations and then also get them to be even a little bit more on board. Like, hey, look at this is what we've got a visual here. Look at what this is showing. If you did X, maybe we could get to Z better. So sure, there are some things that will be would be a little bit different. But it, it, they're at the same time, though, antioxidants, blueberries, red tart cherry juice. Can we get in some beets? Uh Yes, in order to get that, the uh, antioxidant systems heightened, and that's for everyone, any type of injury. Any type of injury. Yes, but then, right, collagen, maybe a little bit more collagen if they're injured. I'm really big on, as soon as we know that someone's injured and they're going to be out for 24 hours, I start them on HMB. It's a metabolite of leucine. Uh, so I'll start them on, you know, three grams of HMB a day, and we'll get in some leucine and some essential amino acids in order to hopefully mitigate that, um, that loss of muscle mass that could start because not knowing until their scans come back that they might be, um, out for a couple of days, they wouldn't even be able to do, let's say if it is a lower body injury, they wouldn't be able to do anything. So not even upper body. So let's get some things in that might help to, you know, mitigate that muscle loss. Cool. So since like, uh, you work with different sports before, or like right now, um, when it comes to like football versus like basketball or like baseball versus like bas basketball, how exactly do like need like the protein uh needs are different or the carbohydrate needs are different? Mm hmm. Yes, they, they will be. So, right, like a precision sport athlete, like my baseball players, they were more modest in their carbohydrate. It was almost like a a 40, 30, 30. They still needed it because they're still busy, right? They come into the clubhouse at two, they they get in their lift and they've got BP and then they're standing out there. So it's more of like this longer, slow duration, right? So they still need to get in the right amount, but they're not definitely, you look at the bigger picture, they're not expending as many calories as soccer or 
or basketball. And then again, looking at, at, at sport, right? So then you've got your um, O-line and D-line versus your, you know, your running backs and your wide receivers. So sure, it's, they're all going to be similar, but yeah, there is going to be a little, little tweaks, little mini tweaks just to support them and their body type and their sport. Um, so that way they can get the most out of their food. Love but it. I would never say to cut anything. I, I'm still not uh, understanding or fully there with, you know, the keto or really low carb for athletes, especially when you start looking into neurotransmitters, right. And, and hormones and you, you need that fuel for those things. So, uh, yes, I am not there. I, I, I can see where you can increase them and cut them a little bit, but not cut them out. Yeah. So, uh, what if like when an athlete wants to like lose weight, how would you like uh how would you plan their meal? So really similar that they need to eat every couple hours so that they that way they don't get um over uh, they become starving, right? And then they overeat and that we're taking a little bit of food out of every meal. We're not cutting out major food groups and we're not cutting out a meal. So we're going to just we're just going to shrink the por- portions at the breakfast, lunch and dinner, the snacks and any smoothies. The post workout drink, ideally the the protein and the carbohydrates stay the same because that's recovery. We got to get ready for the next day, but so, and it's becoming a broken record. I, again, it's nothing really exciting or sexy. And it's something I've been, I repeat over and over for 15 years. And I have a couple athletes right now. And I also tell them, I really don't like to see a lot of weight loss during the season because that's where we could increase in injury. So if we are going to do it, we want to be very smart. I want to make sure they're working with a chef and the chef is preparing all their meals. And that when we're on the road, I'm making sure that they're getting what they need, whether they come down to our meal room or they order get through Uber Eats or DoorDash. So it's fine, but it's really off season where we can, we where we really want to make those adjustments. Cool. So like you mentioned, when, when it comes to like uh, off season or like in season, off season is like more flexible or like they, they can like fluctuate more. Yeah. So Flexible in terms of their schedule and, you know, they're doing a lot of traveling and it isn't mandatory practice. And so since it isn't mandatory practice and we're not having these high level games, that's where if we're doing anything like a food sensitivity test or we're putting on weight or we're losing weight, those that's always a good time to do it. But then again, it isn't because they are traveling, they are busy, they are trying to take advantage of that off time because we just went six, seven months, seven days a week. So then it's like coordinating with them. When can we do it? Maybe let's put it away for the first month off, you know, into, into the off season, just go relax, go vacation, go have your time. And then let's start June 15th and and then we've got two months, three months to really do whatever we need to do and to make adjustments, to get you ready for reporting. Do you have like, is there like any time like, after the month of like rest or like uh yeah just rest, just rest is there any athlete like just go like balloon just gain a lot of weight and you have to do a lot of like adjustment yeah that mostly happened i haven't seen it much in basketball or soccer but football and baseball yes yeah they just yeah when they are 
when there's no structure and no schedule, things and, and a lot of traveling and a lot of family and people around, things get a bit out of control. And yes, yeah. So there's going to be a lot of like uh, work in, in the off seasons. So in order to like have it, have the, let them be in good shape for the seasons go on, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. There is still some work to do. It's making sure that you, if they do have a chef that you're chatting with, I try to chat with all the chefs once a month uh, and then making sure if they are, they need any supplementation because they are low in their vitamin D levels or, or, or whatnot that they, that they have that available to them and um, checking in every now and then, how are they doing? we that's when we will have to do weights they'll have to go to a gym if they're not you know in if they're not here in in phoenix then they have to go in somewhere way in because that's really um a, a the best way that we can kind of see are they making gains uh, maybe we will do a uh, a dexa scan a couple times during the summer just to see okay how are we doing because we don't want you losing a ton of lean mass and and sometimes the guy and at the still at the end of the day it's up to them to say what they want to do with this information right we encourage things we make our recommendations and then they have to uh you know implement it and act on it cool it's cool. a lot less to do during the off season which is nice because we all need that break after the the season that we've had but there is still check-ins and and goals and things that we need to you know get them assist if their strength gain right if they're trying to put on muscle if they're trying to improve their strength or their speed or or whatnot well are you staying hydrated are you sleeping are you fueling to make those muscle like hypertrophy or strength gain so all of that goes into the off season cool so uh that's like those conversations with athlete when it comes to like when you're working with a pro setting and there's a lot of like uh athletic trainer physical therapists or like uh performance coaches how exactly does like conversation with the them like how is the conversation with these guys uh so how's my conversation with my yeah. team oh right now uh, it's great. I've been on some teams where it wasn't so great. And I've been on teams where it has been wonderful. And this is one of the teams where it is wonderful. Uh, I feel like I can collaborate with my team. If they have any ideas, they bring them to me. We discuss them. Uh, and it's great. They're, uh, they're my advocate. So if I don't feel like I'm getting through to an athlete or, I'm talking with one, but I needed to talk with another. I let them know and they'll talk with them. We'll talk to them together. It's it's a really great working relationship. And I feel I've always been. That's why I liked going to Exos because that's what we did during combine and baseball season. And, and just with any athlete that came through our door from a pro elite pro athlete to the youth athlete to the military we would all sit down together because we would all hear something a little bit different and it would help help us to revise our plans or how we spoke to an athlete and, and in order to help with their behavior change. So I, it's that's really important. It's really important to me. I'm a big collaborator. I love to sit down and brainstorm things and get other ideas because there are things that I just don't, I, I know sometimes I can be just in my silo and one tracked mind. So I like to ask my colleagues, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Am I missing anything? And sometimes I'm spot on and sometimes they bring stuff up that I didn't, hadn't even thought about. And I was like, yeah, that's brilliant. I need to take that into consideration. 
So it's like that two heads are always better than one or teamwork makes the dream work. So my, uh, my team's great. I can't, I just, I love them to death. I appreciate them so much. And all of them are just so great at their craft and they're extremely knowledgeable and smart. And I love learning from them as well. It's, it's a really great relationship right now. Well, so, uh, there's like, uh, there's, there's like a big focus on like the sports science and how should athlete eat right now. So is there really like, uh, let's say a college basketball player going to like pro pro setting, going to NBA and is there like, uh, like they eat like pizza. They don't, they don't eat anything healthy before, but when it goes to like pro setting, they have to change their diet. Is there a thing for it's that right happening. now or everything is every player eats healthy right now no it's still happening because you know us you know our d's we more and more our d's are at colleges for sure right but they're all they put one rd for what 20 some teams and then they all the resources are on football and you know football teams have um enormous amount of uh players so yeah, so it's very difficult. So there are still athletes that are coming in and um they they have their own eating habits. So we again, you meet them in the middle. I'd rather see people eat than eat nothing at all. Uh and you just try to put stuff in front of them that they, "Hey, try this" or "Have you thought about this?" and just small baby steps. Mhm. Nice, nice, nice. So is it hard to change their like uh, habits or they kind of like accept it? It's hard. It's slow. It has to be slow because it's when you think about any habit that you've ever changed or that you've wanted to change. Some are real easy and simple, right? And some you might still be working at it. So it's just, I always tell them when you're ready, you're ready. You you are where you are. So when you're ready, you're ready. I, I'm, you know, I have all this knowledge because it's a passion of mine. I find it fascinating in so many ways. Uh, you know, I know a lot of the science behind how some things are happening. So, but just let me know when I can be there to, uh, if you, when you're ready to make the jump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like all the questions I have for today. So really appreciate your time. Um, if there's like coaches or therapists are interested in what we're talking about today, where can they reach out to you? Sure. I'm not very active. Uh, you can reach me on my social media. I'm not very active. Um, I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, let's see. My gram account is at Danielle RDN. Uh, I think it's uh, Danny Lafada RD is my Twitter and then Facebook Danielle Lafada. I'm on LinkedIn as well. So any business contacts, that would be great. I do have a website because I had a private practice. I'm not very active in it because the schedule is very crazy. Uh, but that's uh, dbnutritionllc.net. So D is in Danielle, B is in Bird. That's my maiden name. And then nutrition.net, uh, llc.net. 
And yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear from any of you. Um, if I don't get back to you right away, though, I'm there's a lot going on and we do, are doing a lot of traveling and I'm always trying to catch up on my sleep. I also forgot to mention that I am currently and this is I'm in my third season with the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury. So NBA and WNBA. I forgot I talked about everything else that I did and I forgot to mention that. Yes, I am the director of performance nutrition for our we're, um NBA and WNBA teams here in Arizona. Love that. Love that. Yes. Appreciate that. <laughs>